What's going on, Lions fans? You are listening to The Lions Den here on Impact Sports. My name is Michael Heiger, and I'm your host for the show. And here with me this week and every week is my friend and co-host, Louis Bellata. What's going on? How you doing, Louis? I'm doing good, Mike. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you excited for our first show here? I am. All right. Uh, how about uh, you let the fans know a little bit about what we're going to be talking about on the show uh, today? Well, of course, we're going to be talking about this free agency frenzy that's been going on. Uh, yeah, uh, the Lions good. signed... Golden Tate, they signed Pettigrew again, they got Joyke Bell. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit how Sue impacted that, and then how these signings impact their draft coming up. Yeah, I have to tell you, I have a lot of friends who are Lions fans, and on Facebook and Twitter, just all over, Lions fans. I've, I've, I've had a lot of fans on both sides of the board uh, this free agency season. A lot of people love it, and a lot of people hate it. So uh, we're going to be addressing a, a lot of your debates on the show today, and um Hopefully, uh, we can give you a little bit of knowledge to help you out uh, with your thoughts on free agency. So, uh, of course, the Lions did just sign Golden Tate on Wednesday to a five-year deal. Uh, I was a little surprised by how long they signed him for. Yeah, I don't think that deal is going to go all the way through. No, I don't think so either. Um, they, it's only, I think, $13 million guaranteed or $12 million guaranteed. 13 guaranteed, $31 mil total. Yeah, so I don't see that deal going all the way through. Um, he might last three or four years on the team, but... Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say he's going to be cut three or four years down the line when they need mm-hmm. some money. I will say, though, he does have now uh, already the best hands on this Lions team. Definitely. Uh-huh. Definitely. Um, I think it's something like he's only had six drops his entire four-year career so far. So, I mean, uh, I know people talk a lot about Seattle having a run-first offense, and they didn't really throw the ball to him that often. But still, six drops in a four-year career is pretty impressive. Especially because he didn't have that great of people throwing to him either. I know, exactly. He started out with Hasselbeck, and then it went to Russell Wilson, who, I mean, is a... Is a very good quarterback, but at the same time, he uh, didn't really have a Matthew Stafford throwing. Them, exactly. You know? So uh, that should be really exciting, a real great compliment to uh, Calvin Johnson as well. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, today, uh, the breaking news was uh, this morning that they signed Ugh. Brandon Pettigrew. Ugh. Oh, I know your no. thoughts on him, Lewis. No, <laughs> no. Man, I thought we were going to see him out the door. Uh you know, this four years at 16 mil, uh-huh. I'm okay with that. I think it's a good contract in and of itself. Uh, I just didn't want to see him back. But it didn't look like they were really going to pursue another tight end. I think they wanted no. him all along. Yeah, I, I do, it, it did look like that. I, I did get a little bit excited when Owen Daniels went out on the market. Same here, same and, here. And there were rumors of them looking at Scott Chandler as well. But, I mean, the thing about Pettigrew is I think this is going to be another deal that won't last the entire longevity of the contract. Um, they did shorten it so it's only a two million dollar cap hit this year it's only two million dollars the first two years and then a team option for another four million dollars in the second two years of the contract so they don't necessarily have to pick up the option and pay him double what they are paying him the first two years so i don't really see that contract lasting the entire uh four years yeah i definitely agree with you on that uh if they wouldn't have signed him though that would have created another hole that they didn't need uh he kind of creates a hole sometimes when he's on the roster so i wasn't so excited when i heard the news but at the same time i'm gonna have to suck it up and like it because i feel like unless they would have totally been like we're not signing him and we're gonna go after like the tight end on north carolina in the first with the first round pick instead of like mike evans yeah uh 
they weren't going to do that, so I think Pettigrew was the only thing that they really could do. Yeah, I really, I, I really, do, I really do think so. I do like uh, Ebron from North Carolina, and when the Pettigrew thing was going a little longer than I thought it would, I was starting to think that maybe they would look at him uh, in the draft. But to be honest, I did talk to a lot of Lions fans who asked me why not just Joe Fourier and uh, Michael Williams, the seventh rounder from Alabama last year, and. Um, I mean, neither one of them is that great of a blocking tight end. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that Pettigrew brings to the, ta- to the table. Yeah, Fourier catches the touchdowns. He has the awesome touchdown celebrations as well, uh, which is why a lot of fans love him. But I think Pettigrew does bring that blocking tight end that the Lions do really need to help out that offensive line as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, the other thing about with Fourier and Williams is they're definitely really young and mm-hmm. there's nobody there to show him the ropes. When Pettigrew got here, he had Tony Scheffler to show him the ropes a little bit, and they wouldn't have really had anyone, and maybe the coaches would have helped them out, but you know, all in all, I think it's good that Pettigrew's here. Um, I do think Michael Williams could be a threat, though. He was hurt, but I mean, when you're on a championship team, you know, and you're a starter, you got to have some kind of input when you enter the NFL. I always get excited, even in the late rounds, when the Lions draft players from schools like Alabama or Oklahoma, yep. Florida, those schools that have that, that bring out those high pedigree athletes. And I mean, sure, they might be fifth, sixth, seventh round players, but they know what it's like to play on a winning team. And yep. I think that's something that is really important going into the draft. That's why I think that uh, AJ McCarron shouldn't be looked over by the Texans because, yeah. you know, he knows how to win and that team is built to win. I think it's a perfect fit. I'd, that's I'd, just a little tangent that I went on there. <laughs> well, I do think um, on a little side note with the Texans, I do think that the, it, if they were to make the logical choice, which I don't think they will, they would take Clowney number one in the draft. I do think he's the best defensive prospect since maybe Indomitian Sue. Uh, he, he might be even higher rated than Indomitian Sue. So, I mean, I can't really see any team passing on Clowney, but yeah. l- I mean, let alone the Texans, that'd be dangerous with him and Watt on the same line. So. Uh, that it's going to be really interesting to watch. I feel like this is going to be one of those draft days where you don't really know who the first pick is going to be until uh, right before the uh, pick is announced. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. But let's jump back in for a second. Joyke yeah. Bell. They signed Joyke Bell like mm-hmm. right right in the beginning there, free agency. Pride of Wayne State. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes, the Pride of Wayne State. Do you like that deal? Are you happy with that? I'm happy with that. I really do like this deal a lot. Um, a lot. Even though uh, both running backs did have their issues with fumbles last year, and uh, both Bush and Bell, I do like that we. It's one of the t- better two running back systems in the NFL yeah. with both Bush and Bell. There, Bell's more of the power back. Bush can uh, get around, get around the line a little bit better, but. Um, I think that they are a great complement to each other, and I don't mind the deal at all. Yeah, I think um, it needed to be done because they haven't had any type of running game that's yeah. significant, and you know once you have these guys that they're going to be there and they're going to produce every single week. Uh, they haven't had that since, like, Barry Sanders almost. You know, they had their Kevin Jones era and their Kevin Smith era, and, you know, that only worked out for a season or two. Yeah. But these guys, you definitely know they're going to be here for more than just one or two seasons. And it really is a relief when you look at some of the running backs that they had taken in the draft, when you look at the Javid Bess, who's already retired, Kevin Smith, um, James Stewart James a long Stewart. time ago. Ugh. Even recently with Michaelis Shore, he's still on the team, but he doesn't get any playing time. And yeah. I think it really is a relief that they were able to find uh, that weapon out of Wayne State. 
and goes to show you never really know where you're going to get um, a superstar. Well, I wouldn't call him a superstar, but a star out of the draft. Yeah. Um, so it's a real relief that we did that we were able to find that second running back, and I think that would have become a hole if they hadn't re-signed him. So. Yeah, because Bush, you know, he definitely helps out this team a lot, but you got to have somebody like Joyk behind him. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Bush did struggle at times throughout the year, especially with fumbles. Fans got up, uh, got on him a little bit for it, and they were able to fill Bill uh, Bell right into that hole. And um, he was he was a pretty good workhorse for the Lions at times last year. So I think that's a very underrated deal. Saved them a little bit of cap room as well. So yeah. that's always nice. Um, so I do like that deal. And now um, it's time to look at. If the Lions are going to make any other deals uh, in this free agency period. They're going to have to. I, They're going to have yeah. to. Uh, with Lewis Delmas leaving, mm-hmm. I mean, that leaves a huge hole Absolutely. that they need to fill. And there's a lot of safeties getting knocked off the board. And do you think they're going to draft one or do you think they're going to sign? Or do you think they're going to sign one now and draft one later? You know, I was really hoping for uh, T.J. Ward from Cleveland. We all were. Uh, He was my number one. He he was number one on my board for the Lions to pick up in free agency. So I think uh, they really do need somebody with a little bit of experience opposite Glover Quinn uh, in in uh, for the safety. And I, the guy that they have been looking at that I do think is going to wind up coming here. He wants to play here. Uh, there were reports yesterday that he was going to sign to the Lions, but now he hasn't yet. His, uh, James Ahegdabo from... That how you say that? Ahegdabo. I Ahegdabo. believe it's what it is. I it's thought it was Ahegdabo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it, it is a mouthful, but um, he does have some experience with the Ravens. Uh, he, I believe he's in his seventh season so far, so uh, correct. I might be wrong on that, but uh, he... Did have a little bit of a breakout season last year. Had one of his better seasons with the Ravens. And he might not be the best uh, safety out there right now, but I think that he would be a good pickup for the Lions. Yeah, I think he would definitely fit well. One of those situations where uh, new coaching staff, new regime, they start bringing in players that they know already. Kind of like how Jim Schwartz did with Kyle Vandenbosch and Stephen oh, Tulloch. So now uh, Caldwell and mm-hmm. uh, Austin are going to bring in their guys that they know. Yeah, I mean, I thought for a little bit that they might do that with uh, Jacoby Jones as well. He just went back to Baltimore, but I thought for a little bit that he might be the Golden Tate that uh, we wound up signing Golden Tate instead of him, but I thought for a while he would be that. I think Jacoby Jones wouldn't help this team out at all. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. It's tough to say. I think in that Baltimore offense – I don't think Torrey Smith or Jacoby Jones were able to live up to their abilities with Flacco as their quarterback. Definitely. But, um, I think it would have been interesting. Uh, I think it would have been an interesting fit. But I, I, there are a few other names out there that I think the Lions should look at. Uh there was one guy, Henry Hynoski, a fullback, who did wind up signing with the Giants, but I did. It, it made me curious because it looks like the Lions are going back to a offensive scheme with a fullback on the field. Uh, that's something that Schwartz took away. Yeah, uh, They didn't really use that, and I, I like the idea of having a fullback out there, an extra run blocker. Um, and although they weren't able to bring Hynoski in, who is a veteran, I think that's another position to look at. Um, it's maybe a sleeper. Maybe the Lions scoop one up in the sixth or seventh round. Maybe find somebody who might be a pretty good prospect. So I think that's something that's pretty um, interesting looking forward to uh, in the offseason as well. Yeah, I think they need a fullback. Jerome Felton was a great fullback. Yeah. <laughs> He's still knocking people around in the league, and it's a shame they got rid of him. But, hey, you do right. what you got to do sometimes. Yeah. I think the fullback is uh, 
you never really know when they're going to pull out something awesome. And I mean, they don't really get noticed a lot in the offense, but they are a pretty important piece. So I think that's something to look forward to. Um, I, I wish, to be honest, the Lions did have some more cap room to go after some of the cornerbacks that are out there. Of course, Aqib Tlaib and Alteron Werner and Darrell Rivas all signed, but there are still some other names Rogers Cromartie's still out there. Uh, that's the name that I love. Uh, I think Rogers Cromartie is a great weapon um, in the secondary um, and special teams as well. So I, I would really like to see Rogers Cromartie in a Lions uniform, but I, I don't think it can be done without uh and Dama Kinsue restarting uh, his contract. Man, this guy this guy, he's really yeah. making a bad name for himself in this city. I mean, nobody is smiling that he hasn't signed his contract yet. Oh, absolutely not. Um I mean, I think it's a bit of a joke, to be honest. I agree with you on that. It's definitely a joke. He's definitely tagging along the team. He's pulling them by the the lion's tail. Haha. <laughs> but no, that's literally what he's doing because he knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. How does he not know what he wants? If he wanted to be here long term, he would have already signed. He knows how much money he's going to get. He's going to get a lot of money. And there's just no reason for him not to already be signed. But there, it could be a reason why. Do you think that the Lions are not doing negotiations because they're going to trade him to draft up in the draft to get maybe Sammy Watkins? See, as much as I love Sammy Watkins, I don't think they're doing that. I don't know what... I, I don't see them trading up in the first round. I, I, what if, I should, what I, if I, Watkins... Let me rephrase that. I don't see them trading Sue to move up in the first round. Okay. Well, what if <laughs> Sammy Watkins falls to seven? Do you think they'd trade up then? If that team is willing to trade out of that spot, because I, I believe that's Tampa at seven. They haven't gotten... They, they, in Mel Kuyper's most recent mock draft, he has Sammy Watkins going there. Um, they do need that number two to Vincent Jackson. They've been looking at some other guys, but I don't know. If, there, there's a lot of teams with some pretty big holes in that top ten that it'd be interesting to see if they would trade out um, and risk losing a pretty top-rated prospect. I mean, the draft is pr- good enough where I believe you can still find somebody at the tenth pick who's going to be an impact player. But if the Lions were able to trade up for Sammy Watkins, I think that'd be their number one scenario. I, I, I believe he's number one on their draft board, even with the addition of Golden Tate. I, I think, especially now with Pettigrew also signing, I think adding Sammy Watkins to your team gives you one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL. Yeah, uh, people now with the Golden Tate want they with the Golden Tate signing, they now want Justin Gilbert or Darquez Denard, and I don't think that's the way you got to go because if Calvin nope. Johnson gets hurt again this season, Golden Tate is not the guy that's going to pull away the coverage, and the team is not going to be as bad as last year, but not still not good at all to try to contend for an NFC North championship. You definitely need one more guy who's going to be an impact player, and Mike Evans and or Sammy Watkins can definitely do that if Megatron gets hurt again. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't think Mike Evans is a bad second choice if we don't wind up getting Sammy Watkins. I think Mike Evans would be a great addition to the team. But again, you look at the uh, secondary for the Lions, they can't really afford to sign a cornerback. I know they've also been looking at Chris Clemens, uh, the safety, um, along with a Hegdebo. But without Sue restructuring his contract, you can't really fill in that secondary. I mean, my I, I have roommate. I my roommate and I uh, can arguments a lot about this line secondary he tells me oh well they have bill bentley they have jante green chris greenwood they're not sold on any of them no exactly dariusly i'm not sold on him either Mm -hmm. and that's why i mean i think 
it's tough for me because I'm a huge Darkwas Denard fan. Obviously, he's a Spartan. Uh, I would love he he was my favorite player on the team. I'd love to see him on the Lions, but at the same time, are I I don't know if I can trust a cornerback in the draft, especially I, that high. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's worth it. Uh, they need. I've talked to some people here at Impact Sports, and they think, oh, Justin Gilbert, the best. Like, you know, why wouldn't you? Like, oh, we shut down a corner. But technically, they're really, except for, like, Darrell Revis and, you know, Deion Sanders or whatever, there's never really a shutdown guy that ever really comes out of the draft. We don't know that these players are are not going to be that. But at the same time, they need a time to develop. And I just don't want to wait for a developing guy, you know? No. Granted... I can't complain because we don't have anybody right now. Well, we do, but I mean, like they're all developing too. So why not throw another developmental guy in there? Like, it, right? I just, I, I think a wide receiver would be a lot better off in that spot, and then you can draft somebody in the second round. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the past first round cornerbacks to be taken. I mean, Drake Kirkpatrick, he hasn't really done much. D. Milner, a lot of people wanted the Lions to draft him last year. Looks like they made the right move drafting Anson instead. I mean, really the one guy in the last few years that's been drafted in the first round, the only cornerback, and it's actually made an impact, is Patrick Peterson. But he was the top-rated prospect going into that draft. So, I mean, I think it's kind of tough to say that he wasn't going to be a sure And the Lions wanted him, too. They tried to trade up to get him. Oh, yeah, they did. Arizona said no way. That would have been a dream of mine. Who did they wind up drafting that year? Was that the year they drafted um, Riley Reef? Hold on, let's look I hate doing this because I, I always go back to drafts and see, oh, the Lions drafted Charles Rogers to pick over Andre Johnson, and yep. then I just imagine, oh, what could have been. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh, I think the one thing, though, that the Lions need to focus on in this draft is uh, a pass rush. I don't think – I think their pass rush got worse. I think they got worse. With the loss of Will Young, uh, they were basically replaced him with uh, Darnell Tapp from yeah. the Redskins. And, you know, this guy, he either plays D-line or he plays linebacker. And, yeah, he played under Jim Washburn, but that doesn't do much for me. This is just a, it's like a plug guy that's going to go in behind everybody. He falls behind, like, C.J. Mosley. <laughs> You're not a guy that falls behind C.J. Mosley. He's not going to really impact your pass rush. You just lost Willie Young. He was a really good rotator in that defensive line, and now they don't have anyone. And the same thing with the linebackers. Our linebackers are good. We have nobody behind them at all. And I think that, yes, we want somebody first on wide receiver. I think that's a must. Unless, I mean, Cleo Mack is not going to fall. I don't want Anthony Barr to be drafted by us because he's a running back that's now a linebacker and we don't need to deal <laughs> with that headache. But at the same time, nobody's really talking about the pass rush. And I think come a year from now, that's what we're going to be talking about is the pass rush and how we don't really have one. Because, okay, we have Sue and Fairley and Ansa. And, yes, they all individually are good and they get, they get pressure. But in times where it matters most... I honestly don't think they get the n- enough pressure that they're that they're credited with. Uh, I mean, I think Fairley can be awesome. At the same time, I think Fairley isn't that great. And if we lost Sue, Fairley is not gonna overtake that whole line. We'd even have a bigger a bigger hole to fill. Uh, I I want I want Sue traded. I don't think he's gonna last much longer than a year. And I mean, a long term contract here. I don't know how well that's gonna work out. But uh, I think drafting a pass rush is something that they need to look at in these middle rounds, these upper middle rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than a safety, you got to go linebacker and, a, and another DN because they don't really have anyone. Yeah, and I do think a pick like that, it won't be popular with a ton of fans because a lot of fans don't realize really how little depth we have at those positions. I mean, 
opposite onset the, at the other defensive end you have uh jason jones who was injured after i believe it was week three or week four out and, and he was good yeah, I, he, was okay. he was serviceable and lived up to yeah, his, you had, know what we signed him for yeah we, we had just signed him and willie young filled in and did really well and it's a shame that we lost him but then also you look at outside linebacker linebackers in general you have Tolik in the middle you have deandre levy on the outside deandre levy had a great season last year i probably one of the more underrated linebackers in the nfl today but you don't really have anyone opposite side of him i think uh i was looking at it i think ashley palmer right now would be the other starting outside linebacker and i think i think he's great i think he's a great addition but he's not a starter he's definitely good on special teams he does his job and i think he's a good rotational guy like a willie young of linebackers at that same time they need more people and they're not focusing on that and that's definitely going to be what's going to be drafted a year from now yeah i totally Um, think that because it just there's times where you're just like how is there not pressure with our line with ansa fairly and sue with all the notoriety they get how are they not doing more and i think that's going to become a problem I, I completely agree with you, and that's why I'm kind of hesitant on trading Sue. Yeah, like, I mean, we, we're having the problems with this contract. Do I think he wants to play here? No. But do, if we want to make the playoffs this year, I don't think you can lose Ndamukong Sue on that defense. I, I really think, first of all, he's playing. I, I know a lot of people don't believe in this theory. It is a contract year. A lot of players do play better in a contract year. They're fighting for that extra money on their contract the following year. And I don't really think he wants to play here, but I think the Lions need him to play here one more year. Um, because if we lose him and you put another rookie on that defensive line, when you have Ansu who's been in the league one year, Fairley's only been in the in the league three years now. And I would say two because he didn't even play the first year. Exactly. That's very true. So, I mean, when you have that inexperience of, an, of a defensive line, you really can't lose somebody who was a defensive captain last year. Even if you would be getting a first-round pick, how much of an impact is that rookie going to have in their first year? True. And the other thing that the Lions also don't have anymore is they don't have any leaders. Right. Our best players are not leaders. They say they're leaders with a little C on their jersey. That doesn't mean anything. You know Stafford doesn't speak up and do much. You know Megatron doesn't speak up. He's a very humble guy. You know Sue. Sue is all over the place, but at the same time, I don't, I don't even know what his voice sounds like. You, lo- you look at some of the guys who have been on this team the longest. Dominic Rayola. Look, look, at, look at what he did in the Packers game like with that Wisconsin marching band. and I mean, I, I think he has... A, Awful attitude, especially with fans. I don't really like him. I Nobody mean, really likes him because he's all fiery and short, and he's not really a like no. what you look at in a center. Right. But I mean, I I think there really is a lack of leadership on this team. I think you hit the nail on the head because I think there's some guys like Stephen Tolick who uh, try to make their voices heard. I think Lewis Dumas was another guy on that defense who tried to get them fired up, but. You really don't have a leader on this team. I would love to see somebody like Stafford speak up because I think that's what a quarterback needs to do. And the only time he spoke up was when he was like, yeah, we don't need an all-players meeting. No. And that was the stupidest thing he could have said. I know. Because it was it was clear that they were kind of spiraling out of control. And as the quarterback, he's supposed to rally them all together. And I think he does. I think he rallies them together during the game. But when it comes to other stuff, I don't, I don't think he does a great job. He kind of just sits by himself and does his own thing. When you watch those last seven games of the season last year... Those last seven, eight games, they think they lost. I think they only won one of them. There was zero. There was a complete lack of leadership on the team. You had guys dropping the. You had guys dropping balls, missing passes, missing tackles. And nobody was there 
telling them. No accountability. No, no accountability at all. And I think part of that is on the coaching staff. That's part of why I wanted Schwartz gone, and thank God he is. And I hope that Jim Caldwell can instill a little more leadership on this team because I think that's something that they were really lacking last year. When when you're winning games, you don't really notice it. And, I mean, I think that the Lions have the skill to win games even without that lack of leadership. But I think that's the last part of this team uh, besides the – holes on offense and defense a couple major holes i think that's the one thing that's keeping this team from making the playoffs i could definitely agree with you people be like oh well it's because they didn't have a wide receiver oh it's because they can't cover anyone no it's leadership it's yeah. all when it comes down to it it's all about the behind the scenes and who takes charge it's not about what you see on tv it's all the behind the scenes and the lions don't really have much behind the scenes you look at teams like the patriots last year they didn't have a wide receiver court did they let that get to them? No, because they were led by Tom Brady, one of the better quarterback leaders in the NFL. I mean, you don't need, even if you have a hole, every team's going to have a hole. I mean, let's be honest here. If you have a hole, even if it is at your number two receiver and it's Chris Durham, that shouldn't make that shouldn't spiral your entire season out of control. I think, I think just the way that things went last season was a little ridiculous and was a little obvious that nobody was really stepping up and taking accountability. And so I think that would, I think that's one thing that the Lions really need to get together this year, and I, and I really hope that with a new coach comes uh, new leadership. Yeah, and I also think it was kind of spiraling off that, but not so much. Um, I think now it's more on Stafford than the coaches. I think because he's got all this money coming his way now, and he is the guy. We already know he's the guy, and the Lions haven't had a guy in a long time. So I do appreciate that Stafford is good enough to be our guy. At that same time, in a year or so, if things aren't better, he's going to be gone. Or if he's not going to be gone, we're going to have like a season to a half of a season where it's just going to be all these like rumors and all this stuff on ESPN and stuff about like, is Stafford the guy? Should they get rid of Stafford? Are they going to trade Stafford? Blah, blah, blah. And I think that's going to happen unless he turns himself around because this team is so invested in him and we're becoming such an offensive heavy team that if you don't, if he doesn't write his ship, this ship itself isn't going to be righted. And, you know, he needs to get, he needs to get better. We know He's good. Every single offseason, the panelists are always like, he's got an arm like no one else, and blah, 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 and all these things I haven't seen before since who, what's, you know. And now he, but then he always plays like crap and, and, you know, in good situations. Granted, that Dallas game, he pulled it all together and had a game-winning drive, and that was awesome. He needs to do that more. And I think sometimes he just flops, and he needs to get in his head that he's awesome and that he can make all these throws and stuff because I think sometimes he believes it and sometimes he doesn't. I, absolutely. I mean, two 5,000-yard seasons already. You were the number one pick in the draft five years ago, and yet what do you have to account for it? Nothing. Nothing. You, you made beat, the playoffs You once. beat one good team in the last – well, not in the last – since he started being our quarterback, he's only beaten, I think, one playoff team, the yeah. Seattle Seahawks, last year when they won, like, five games. Not last year, the year ago. Yeah. Time's flying by. I mean, yeah, you can tear apart the competition in the fourth quarter against lousy defenses like the Cowboys or the Browns, but when you're a number one pick in the draft and you have two 5,000-yard seasons already under your belt, one of the best... You're, you're on pace to break a lot of passing yard records, not only for the Lions, but for the entire league, and you can't even show me one playoff win. When you have the best receiver in the NFL, in your pocket, right there for you. And what do you have to show for it? And I think fans do need to start 
do need to stop giving him the benefit of the doubt so much. Stop looking at his stats, because in the end of the day, stats are stats. They're, that doesn't account to victories. There's been plenty of players who have put up amazing stats to not win. And I think right now that's what we're looking at a little bit with a little bit with Stafford. He doesn't win. Yes, he'll come in the clutch here and there, but in the grand scheme of things, in a 16-game season, he doesn't he he can't even finish over 500 with the talent that he has on this team. And and I think he needs to be accountable for that. Yeah, and the but the thing that we I guess that people have to be patient with is so like he does all that stuff and people need to grow, but I look at Alex Smith. Everybody wrote him off. And then all of a sudden he became awesome with a new coach. Could that happen now with Jim Caldwell? Could could we have another Alex Smith on our hands? I think that is a very good point. Um, I do think Stafford's a better quarterback than Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith recently has shown more success in the NFL than Matthew Stafford. So I, I think it does go to show. I mean, Alex Smith has Andy Reid as his head coach now. Andy Reid, of course, an excellent head coach. He, was, he helped build up the careers of Donovan McNabb and I mean I, I guess only really Donovan McNabb but <laughs> yeah. he was there for such a long time but at, at the same time you I think a lot of it does have to do with the coach and I think that's why they did go with Caldwell uh does have some experience working with quarterbacks when you look at the coaches that they hired this year their offensive coordinator was a quarterbacks coach and I think it's kind of obvious the emphasis that they're trying to put on uh that they're trying to put on this season. I think they really want to set her this season around Matthew Stafford and want to make him the franchise. I know, of course, Calvin Johnson's the best receiver in the NFL, but you can't build a wide, you can't build a team around a wide receiver when you don't have a quarterback that leads. Just cause it's our first ever show right here, right now. What's going to be their record next year. Hoo-hoo, putting me on the spot here. With, noth- with only a couple free agent signings, not even the draft, we've lost some players, got some holes to fill. What do you think the record is going to be? With the team that we, with the team that the Lions have right now, I would have to say nine and seven. Nine and seven. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking eight and eight. Eight and eight. Yeah. I, I was hinging right. I was right on the bridge there between nine and seven and eight and eight. Um, what was the reason for you thinking eight and eight? It's because I knew everything. Yeah. That's why knew everything. There's there's no chemistry yet. Uh, I think they've they've got the talent, and I like the coaching staff for them to. If they had a losing, if they have a losing record, I mean, more people are going to get fired. And I mean, it won't necessarily. Uh, no, we don't know whose fault that's going to be because right. it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. But with what they have in place, I think it's unacceptable to have a losing record. I I, I completely agree with you there. Would the like. Okay, during the lo- during the season, it was same old Lions a lot, but and they play like the same old Lions a lot, but at the same time, these aren't the same old Lions, only because in my existence, and I've been watching the team for at least 10 years, um, this is definitely a lot better team than they've had before. We definitely, we're marketable. The Lions are marketable, and they were never marketable before. They were never having nationally televised games. They would only have Thanksgiving games, and that was the only nationally televised games they'd have. Now they're on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, and Thanksgiving. We've got players that people want to watch. We've got games that people want to watch. Just got to put it all together. I completely agree with you. You have guys like Calvin Johnson and Dominican the Sioux, two of the most marketable players in the NFL. You, I mean, they're two of the faces of the NFL, but then you, I mean... You're all over TV. You're never before in the early 2000s 
were you on Monday Night Football? Ever. You know, nobody wanted to watch the Lions. Who wanted who cared about watching Joey Harrington throw to Roy Williams? I mean No one. It wasn't exciting. And then John Kitna to Mike Furry. Nobody wanna watch that either. No. The Lions are exciting now. All of their games are close. But you have to pull it all together in the end. And that's the one thing that the Lions really need to focus on this offseason is finally pulling all the missing pieces together that are going to help you make a run at the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs. I don't care about making the playoffs. If you're not going to win a game, it I mean, that's nothing to me. I would love to see the Lions make the playoffs and win. Just give me one game, and then I'll have some hope for the future from there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. I'll put you on the spot right now. Uh, who do you think the Lions today, if the if the NFL draft were today, it, at the number 10 pick, what do the Lions do? Mike Evans. Mike Evans? Yeah. All right. So you believe even with? They need it. Okay. I think they need it more than I think people think they need it. Well, no, people think they need it. I think they need it. Mel Kuyper thinks they need it. Mm-hmm. I believe that they don't have, they still have enough. What Golden Tate isn't enough. Golden Tate is the new Nate Burleson. And what happened when Nate Burleson went down? And then what happened when Megatron went down? <laughs> so what happens when Megatron goes down again? And then maybe Golden Tate gets hurt. Granted, he's been very healthy for a lot of seasons. Mm-hmm. But things happen. Things happen. And literally, you just upgraded Nate Burleson. That's yeah. all you did. And Golden Tate is better than Nate Burleson. And everyone's healthy. You definitely have a better roster. But... Injuries happen. Things happen. You need one more wide receiver that isn't some practice squad dude or had 300 yard last se- 300 yards last season receiving from the Buffalo's third. Uh, you know what I mean? They always sign those guys, and they're like, oh, we like what we see in that guy. It's like, oh, do you really like what you see in that guy, or is he just a fluff player? He's exactly. a fluff player. We're getting, that, we're getting to that point. They don't have any money left. They only have like they have $2.5 million in cap space left that could maybe sign one decent player or a collection of fluff players. And we're going to start seeing that in the next week or so where they're going to sign uh, a guy who was a cornerback for Jacksonville, Oakland, Buffalo, and then St. Louis. It's like, wow, I really want him on my team. That he definitely did well with all the other crappy teams in the it's NFL. Typical Lions. It's a typical Lions. Yeah. Granted, when they signed Rasheed Mathis, I was thinking the same way too. He panned out a little bit better. But we're getting to that point now where they're going to start signing these kind of players. And you need to get the most impactful player you can get in the draft. And Mike Evans is going to be that guy. I think, I, I think first of all, you brought up his name. I think they are going to bring back Rasheed uh Rasheen Evans, who's would, a free agent. Rasheen Mathis, yes. excuse me. Um, I think they are going to bring him back, uh, which I th- I think will be an okay signing. I don't think our secondary will be finished. But if you would have asked me if if you would have asked me yesterday who the Lions are going to be picking in the draft, I would have actually said Eric Ebron. Now with the Pettigrew signing, obviously my mind's changed. They're not going to be taking a tight end anymore. They have no reason to. Um, I think I I would have to say. They will go with Mike Evans, but I'll say also the Lions have made it kind of obvious the one area that they haven't even addressed and they haven't even really looked at on their team, which they know as a whole is cornerback. Is that saying we're waiting for the draft to pick our cornerback and we're waiting until the first round of that draft to pick that cornerback? I don't know. I think it, I think it is a little interesting that they the first thing that they did and they made their first priority was to sign a number two wide receiver, but they didn't even think about a cornerback. So do they consider that a hole even, or do they, do they, do they trust their young guys on the team? Or do you think that they might be waiting it out and for the draft to pick, um, 
the cornerback of the future. I mean, this is a deep draft of wide receivers. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get Mike Evans. You can still get a starter in the second round. I think they need someone like Mike Evans, but if you draft Justin Gilbert or Darquez Denard, you can still get a starter in the second round. You can get a Devontae Adams out of Fresno State who had 24 touchdowns. Yeah, I think uh, the one guy that I really liked who, unfortunately, has been rising up draft boards because of a really good combine was uh, Brandon Cooks from Oregon State. I thought that he might have been a good target for the Lions in the second round. Unfortunately, now it looks like he's going to be a top 15, 20 pick around there. So there are some good wide receiver prospects. Maybe the Lions want to trade up and move, take use their number 10 pick, but then also trade up and move into the end of that first round and try and get a guy like a Darquez Denard or a Justin Gilbert if they are still available. So I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. There's so many pros and cons to all these situations. Like, the Lions are definitely in a good situation Mm -hmm. because you can get a good player at 10. You can also trade down and still get a good player. Um, And then you can stockpile a couple picks. The one thing that they need to draft one more wide receiver, and that's it. Don't draft any more offensive players. It needs to be just an overhaul of young guys on defense because... You know that's their weak point, and their wide receiver is still a weak point with the signing of Golden Takes. They need one more guy. They yeah. need one more guy because I don't trust that those two. No, they will get it done, but you need that one more guy. You know, you just do. The Lions fans for years. Oh, we have that backup receiver to Calvin. We Calvin's good enough. We only need Nate Burleson. Fans didn't really worry. What if Calvin goes down? What if Burleson goes down? Now I think fans got a little bit of a wake-up call. I think the front office got a little bit of a wake-up call. Oh, this is what happens to our offense when one of those two guys goes down. We need more than just two wide receivers. I think they I think they realize that now. I think that they know that easy, very easily Calvin Johnson could go down again. He's getting up there in age. He's been having some more injuries lately. So I don't think it's I think wide receiver is too important for this offense. If you're going to be focusing on Matthew Stafford, I think it's too important to pass up. And I think if they draft Mike Evans, I'll be very happy. If they draft Sammy Watkins, I'll be bouncing off the walls. So <laughs> Same here. Go back on what you were talking about earlier. Patrick Peterson, that draft, they drafted Nick Fairley. Okay. So I, I okay, so I, I I think that's all right. I mean, they could have. Tr- I think Patrick Peterson went three picks later. Was it something like that? Uh, Peterson was the fifth pick overall of the Cardinals. Fairly was thirteenth to the Lions. Oh, wow. okay. They uh, they passed up on some solid guys in like Mike Pouncey, huh. and Cameron Jordan. But eh. you know, I mean, Fairly. I think I'm. I, I'm not like ex- I'm not ecstatic about what he's done in the NFL so far. I'm a little impressed. I think he still has a pretty high ceiling, so it'll be interesting to see. What he the needs to lose do. his belly. Oh yeah, he's too fat. Yeah, th- they need to work on that. He um, is, and uh, I read an article that the the front office said that. Um, they would like him at the at the uh, unmandatory workouts <laughs> because he doesn't normally go to them each season, and they said they would like him there. It seems like he's been spending a little bit too much time like eating. Yeah, yeah. So, I wouldn't say like eating, 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 eating. Yeah, eating, just eating, eating. I'm and, fairly and, certain he likes eating. Ah, uh, no pun intended. Probably oh, pun intended. Oh, intended. Oh, oh I'm sure. 
Um, well, that's going to basically uh, wrap up our show for today. Thank you guys for listening to our first show. Uh, remember, every week we're going to be bringing you Lions coverage, helping to settle your debates on all the hottest Lions topics, uh, including the off-season, draft season, um, and, of course, regular season as well. But, um, as always, I'm your host, Michael Heiger, and... I'm Louis Bellotta. And we uh, thank you guys for listening to our show, and come back again next week for more of the Lions Den here on Impact Sports. Have a good week, guys.